regale a story for start okay. the podcast. give us a story well it's not a story so much as i like how things have come around in a nice spherical way because you david evans for the yeah. listeners who don't know who i am gave me my break in podcasting well um br- br- break in podcasting sir yeah <laughs> and i'd like to just come full circle so i'm now doing this with you it feels quite poetic i like it yeah it's quite nice actually it's really it good is. It's really nice. I remember those heady days of Tuesday nights around my house or someone's house. Well, that I because I was really nervous and I was like, it felt like a proper interview for, for the fan cast. <laughs> that I came to your house like about half an hour early. So <laughs> I was in your living room, like this complete stranger. You could have been a German cannibal. And I'm just like, do you want some squash? And I'm like, yeah, okay. And then like, like, I should have I should have set something up with my now wife and been like, listen, if I if I don't call in an hour, or I I ring you and like scream the word Oklahoma, that's the safe word. <laughs> like, come and save me. I can imagine you. I'm just going to make a quick call. Oklahoma. Okay. I know. What you, exactly. what, 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 Matt, what are you talking about? Oklahoma. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I can't I can't believe that a my wife was quite happy with these random people to come to our house every week. Mm-hmm. And also that in the in my previous house where we used to do the show quite regularly, in the eight years that I was there, not one neighbour ever queried why a group of random men were turning up to my house every week. <laughs> and why it all of a sudden got heated, like there's yeah. loads of raised voices. Yeah. <laughs> I just never got no why no one even asked the question, but maybe I don't know. Maybe there's other things going on in that neighbourhood and they were like, We can't hey, we can't listen. we can't ask because our our stuff will come out. Well, you only need to watch uh, any soap, TV soap, to know that there's strange things that happen behind those net curtains in suburbia. <laughs> so literally, could anything could have been going on, especially when Stu Hall turns up <laughs> in like a what a bright orange get-up, trousers, trainers, top, the lot. Ex- exactly, like some kind of like some kind of uh, right said Fred with a gamma turned all the way up, <laughs> like a tango beacon. There. Exactly. <laughs> well, on that note, welcome everybody for this week's episode of Adapt Question. It's a podcast where we try and debate the questions you never thought you needed answering. And you've heard his voice already. He's another member of the Cage Fighting Podcast joining us this week. It's Matt as our guest. Matthew, how are you today? I'm very, I'm very well. I'm really excited for this. I've been it's been one of those shows that I've listened to where not many podcasts make me like shout at the radio or sh- at the radio, Christ, shout at like the speakers as I'm driving or if I'm in the gym or if I'm doing something. But this is one of them. So it feels really good to finally be able to insert myself into answering some daft questions. All those gears that you've been wanting to grind, you can finally mm-hmm. grind away. And that's the point oh. of the podcast. We want people to shout at their devices because we want mm-hmm. them to be annoyed. 
about what's going on. Uh, we've got obviously some usual daft questions uh, for this week. You can get in touch with the show at a daft question on Twitter or email us a daft question at gmail.com with your questions. We're going to start with correspondence this week first, Matt. And I'm going to come mm-hmm. straight to you because you had some gears to grind, as I mentioned, in particular of last week's conversation on baked beans on toast. I did. Um, very passionate I was about this. And I've wondered, the people that were next to me on the treadmill at Bentley Bridge must have been wondering why I was typing away so furiously um, <laughs> onto my phone uh, for risk of falling over. But a few, I just made a few notes, basically. Okay. So, first of all, beans can get in the bin full stop. For me personally, now I know that that's okay. that, that's that, that's more of a personal choice. I'm fine with that. Replace them with spaghetti hoops for one. Beans, the, the, it's the consistency of them. I, I just, I just yeah. can't. I just, it's, it's not for me. I think personally. I'll, I'll allow spaghetti hoops. Completely fine with spaghetti hoops on toast. Okay, but butter and tomato sauce should never mix. Never mix. Okay. Okay. The, sa- the same applies to soup with bread. Not soup, as in just bread being dipped in soup. But if you if you butter that bread and then put it in soup, we're going to have a tough time coexisting peacefully. <laughs> yeah. I, that's I, disgusting. Yeah. I get that my wife's a big advocate of buttering the bread with soup, oh. uh, and I'm not. And I've dabbled on a couple of times, thinking, you know, I'm going to give this a try, but it's it's never the same. You need to let the bread just soak in that soup. Mm, I just. In my head, it's like when you make spaghetti bolognese and you get that horrible pool of water at the bottom because, like, oil and water have <laughs> repel each other. So it's just, it's just something about it. Butter doesn't belong in a in in soup. Um, but, to, but more to the point, I think that what was discussed was toasting the bread, but then putting the baked beans on top of the toast. But then the purpose of the toast is to have a nice crunch, surely. So yeah. then you're just sogging it up by having it toasted. So for a poor example, if I'm having scrambled egg with toast, yep. I'll get two slices of bread and toast them, cut them into triangles, have the uh, the scrambled egg in the middle of the plate, and then surround that scrambled egg in uh, a sort of formation, uh, I suppose, a one-two-one formation, if we're using football <laughs> analogies. Um, so then the egg doesn't interfere with the uh, structural integrity of the toast. Yeah. But at the same time, if you then want to have a bite, you can, but you're getting all the best elements of everything else. I've thought about this too much. I, I know. This, this is what we want. We want people to, to think too much about it. It's almost like a fortress, isn't it, that, that toast? It's a protective layer exactly. across the um, scrambled egg. It is, but then you get the best elements of everything. Then you're not getting the really, you're not getting all of the toast crumbs in your egg, and you're not getting the sogginess from the egg on your toast. Would you get you all not, the same bits? Would you go as far as having the scrambled egg in the middle and using those triangle pieces of toast to almost put them upright so they're completely covering the scrambled egg as if they're like a protective dome? Like a what? what I don't know what kind of pyramid it is with a with a, is it a toast? I can't remember what it's called. With a, one of those. Like a, a, one of those. Like a, yeah. mm, and then we've got a difficulty here because for the reasons I mentioned earlier, the steam from the egg <laughs> then <laughs> is then going to soften the bread as it's as it's you know uh, in that in that way. So I think we're having an open an open roof Wembley effect for this. <laughs> You're gonna have a little gap to let the steam come through. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, that's right. Uh, did you have any other notes on this, or was that your 
you um, the the uh, conversation about the um when did when did the music die kind of thing um mm-hmm. was was very interesting for me and and I think the point about the art when the arctic monkeys came in was very apt mm. now I I've said on on Twitter on a couple of occasions that, that there will never be a better period of music than indie in the 2000s like indie prior to the 2000s was good indie now I don't even think it exists anymore mm. Um, but indie in the 2000s was its peak. 2000, FIFA 2004 had the greatest soundtrack to any <laughs> computer game. Um, and I think that's, that was peak. I mean, you're never going to get an artist like Kasabian or oh. is it the C- Caesars who did Jerk It Out. Mm. Um, you know, you just don't get that on FIFA. I, I listened to FIFA earlier. It was like I had Capital FM on. Um, and it's just not my bag. So I think, I think slightly prior to the Arctic Monkeys, the music died for me. Every FIFA has got to have Robbie Williams's Baby It's All Right, <laughs> wherever it's called. It's got to. Every FIFA. You know what? I'm a I'm I I'm not even gonna say it's a guilty pleasure, but I'm I am a I am a Robbie Williams um card carrying signed member. I'm yeah. a, I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan of him to be fair. <laughs> got a little official members club signed thing in your wallet. Exactly. exactly. Just whip it out. I'm an official member. I, I remember, but I remember very recently. One of my favourite activities to do when I'm away in the in the van, a camper van, is we'll go to a charity shop and whatever DVD we can find, that'll be the DVD we watch that evening. Very good. Um, Robbie Williams live at Nebworth was, <laughs> was purchased one of the days. Sadly, that never made it on the circulation that weekend, but it's ready for me to watch at some point. Uh, Going to do a couple of correspondence. Uh, firstly, uh, Nag on Twitter at Kingwolf eighty four on beans on toast. This is what they're going for: one slice of homemade white bread. Okay, fair enough to start off with. Hummus, but not spread, which I'm quite relieved with. So maybe hummus on the side, mm-hmm. maybe half a ton of beans and then grated cheese. Surely that hummus is grubbing the side. You can't have hummus as a spread. Hummus- Hummus is very grainy, isn't it? From my understanding, yeah, it's very, it's it's a bit nutty. I would say. Hmm. See, I quite like couscous, and I really like polenta. Have you ever had polenta? Mm, yeah. Like as a, it's like a, almost like a mash when you eat it hot, or you can yeah. set it so it's cold. Hummus, though, it's it's all a bit, it's all a bit continental breakfast. This isn't it. <laughs> it's am I am I on the am I on the Algarve? Yes. Yeah. Um and. Nags also put that they hate the little bowl that you put the beans in when you go out somewhere. Where do you stand on the bowl, beans in a bowl? I want as much segregation as possible. And like so sausages, which I don't normally eat, is if I was to buy a sandwich from a from a cafe, I'd have a bacon sandwich, not a sausage, because they're quite high in fat. But I I would use them as a separator. I'd use my toast as a separator, um, and the hash brown as a separator to keep things that have the potential to to leak onto each other at bay, tomatoes. Beans, egg. We've got to have some separation here. Okay. Um, and uh, Mike, former of this parish as well, we were talking about um, cities where you could use mashed potato. Mashed potato cities last week. He's gone for the yeah. obvious one of Mashchester. <laughs> Mashchester, I like it. Which is obvious. Um, Absolutely obvious. Do you, do you have any uh, mashed potato <laughs> for theme cities? Uh, you only get that on this podcast. I mean, you've got the borough of Spudley, I suppose. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, see, when I heard this on the podcast, I was, all I could think of was that really old uh, film, Metropolis. So it'd be like Mashopolis. Mashopolis. Really <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, 
no, I was, I was just trying to like get it into Marrakesh, but the the, the M's in the wrong place. So it'd be like Mash Mashakesh, no, something like that. No, 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 that, no, that sounds like that sounds like um, some kind of Algerian play scout on Football Manager. <laughs> um, no, I think the best I could do is Spud, the the the, uh, the borough of Spudley. <laughs> Okay, well, if you've got any um, answers to our questions any week, please let us know um, at a daft question on Twitter and you can email us at daftquestion at gmail.com. Matt, are you ready for some proper daft questions? I'm ready. I'm ready as I'll ever be. Just like the ITK says, here we go. Matthew, we're going to talk firstly about stupid and geeky things, particular items that you wish to purchase that you dream of having in your home, but perhaps because of everyone's finances, you just can't justify spending a potential amount of money on that one particular item. So my first question to you, Matt, is what is something or some things that are geeky and stupid that you want to buy, but you just can't justify the spend? Well, the thing that comes to mind is something that in recent memory has increased in value quicker or, or or it's it's increasing in value than gold and that is lego okay now, i there's so many really cool lego like franchise things at the minute so you've got mm-hmm. like the simpsons house the millennium falcon i'm sure like it's not lego but there's a molyneux now yeah there's just loads of really cool things and like lego have been very clever and they've come out with a, a marketing campaign recently that it's it's not just for kids and they've even got just like lego like plants that you make like so it doesn't feel like you're just creating something out of a, a kid's show yeah they're, they're, really they're, look... they're targeting those adults with a disposable income aren't they hello yeah, disposable income. exactly i know so at the minute to my to, flanking me to my left i've got a huge meccano um helicopter that was from gears of war now that okay, was like yeah. quite that was quite cheap comparatively to how much lego is this was about 30 40 quid the pack and i had a whale of a time putting it together a few years ago and i'd love to be able to get like something lego related but the price is just obscene you're talking yeah, yeah. an all-inclusive holiday away um or i could sit in my garage and put lego together for the same price as like get going on holiday for two weeks it's just obscene but then it looks so damn good it's like on the one hand on the beach, whatever drinks I want, great sunshine. On the other hand, I can make the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Oh, it's tough. I know. And I t- you know, I'll tell you what will get the wife's juices flowing. <laughs> it ain't the DeLorean. <laughs> so, you know, at the end of the day, th- there is there is another um, item as well. Now, when I get an interest in something, I tend to go in two-footed. And for the last year or so, it's been coffee. Okay. I'm a proper coffee snob. Um, and so I've got a got an espresso machine. It's 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 perfectly serviceable, um, and I've got a coffee grinder that can grind in all the fancy settings. But then I'll go and see somebody else's coffee machine, like last time's guest Andy Gillard, and I go, "Ooh, that's nice." Mm. And then I look at the machines at work where they just press a button and they get all these lovely drinks, and I go, "I want one of them." But I can't justify spending four figures on a coffee machine. But I really want one. Uh, am I right in remembering that you're a fan as well of how the coffee's put? Like when you've got it ready in your mug or cup, whatever the mm-hmm. proper word is to say, that you're a fan of how that's laid out oh, or how it's put together. I remember back in the day of my previous lesser successful podcast, Wolf Fancast, mm-hmm. on the WhatsApp group, you and Adam 
used to have this thing where where you used to post each of the pictures of your coffees oh, yeah. during a certain way. What what is the, the best? What's the best way? What's what's it going to look like? It's all about it's all about foaming your milk, which I never thought I'd say um, on a podcast. But it's all about get it's there's a proper art to it, and I'm I'm just scratching the surface of this at the moment. But it's it's super geeky. Like I think it's like anything you can enter at a beginner's level, then you get to intermediate and expert, and it's so boring. But I found myself like comparing grind size in my in my kitchen, and, my, and the missus looked at me. She goes, "What? You've changed." You used to go out. You used to go out on the lash of a Friday evening, and now you're comparing tasting notes from ground coffee. And I'm just like, oh no, it's happened, hasn't it? Um, but to take it back to your question, I want a really expensive coffee machine, but I, I can't justify it. <laughs> okay, I've got a couple of things on my list. Firstly, um, of people of our generation, a WWE title belt, a proper oh, adult yes. adult one. Oh, yes. You know, you know. Maybe I'll, I'll stretch for the old school white intercontinental title, but the proper mm-hmm. WWE title. I want to have that on my shoulder, walking around the house. Well, I want the belt. A, I want there's to... a further question here. What, what, okay. what, what which one? Which one? I mean, oh. you, you, you say, you know, are you a WCW guy? Are you a WWE guy? Do you want the big gold? Do you want the stone cold winged one? <laughs> like, what are we talking? You see, I'm a massive fan of that gold WCW title belt because it feels like mm-hmm. a proper. It feels like yeah. a proper belt. To be honest, I'd, I'd still just be happy with what is the current main WWE title. To be honest, okay. I mean, I just want to, you know, have that belt around my waist or on my shoulder. I want to put music and pretend to do the entrances. I want to mm-hmm. get a chair in the kitchen and do the rock, or I stand up on the chair and flip my <laughs> arm up and do that. I want to, you know, I just I'd be happy just sitting there at my desk working away. Title belt on. I'm on a Zoom call. I've got it on my shoulder. I don't care. I'm the champ. I've I think. Got the title on. I think it commands respect. I, I think, think it does. Should, yeah. I think you should have it, um, and you should take it to your next job interview. Yes. Uh, next time you've got to give someone a scolding at work, you you're the man. You've got the title, and there you go. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I can turn up to meetings and plonk it on the desk and do the whole John Cena. The champ is here. And you know they can't question it because the champ is here because I've got the title. The champ, because <laughs> the only thing I, I'm not sure, I'm not sure you could pull off the spinning belt. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not sure you could. Uh, the problem with the that those titles, of course, is they cost between about three to four hundred pound. So yeah. for the adult version, so if anyone wants, wants to give me that as a gift, I will gladly accept. But otherwise, I think if I got one in the post and Mrs. asked me how much that cost, I don't know how I'm going to be able to explain that. Mm, it's a tough sell. Um, yeah. You've heard you've heard of the website, faithful listeners. Buy me a coffee. I'm just looking at the domain rights to <laughs> buy me a title belt um, and seeing if I can <laughs> get something started. I mean, maybe when it's my fortieth in many years to come, I can maybe put the hint out of if loads yeah. of people club together, mm-hmm. maybe get me this. That's all I want. I don't want don't want you know anything else. Just get me a title belt. It's a perfectly reasonable request. Um, and the other one was um, the Thanos Infinity Gauntlet. Okay. I want yes. to be wearing that. I want to be going up to people, looking to snap my fingers if they piss me off. I know nothing will happen, but the fear of it might. And I Well, I, I think it will be more scary if they didn't know the Marvel films than if they did. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be much more terrifying you having this brass-looking glove on shiny multicolored glove on than if they knew what it was 
I think it's far more scarier to be ignorant of Marvel than it than it is to know what it is. Well, they think I've got an overblown, pimped out Michael Jackson glove on. I think they will think you've got a heavy looking boxing glove on, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that actually and some loose cannon ready to punch people in the street. Yeah, I've got one of those. You know, you can get those kids um, big Hulk hands. Yes. They probably thought I've got one of those and just glammed it up a bit. I was too scared to go down the street with that. <laughs> Did you ever own, uh, like, either a wrestling or football events, a big a big foam hand? Yes. So good. The big pointy the big pointy finger, just like that. I always wanted, as a kid, to go be in the audience at Gladiators and have Are the big pointy finger. Yeah. I'm sure that, like, someone, like... Jet or someone was on a show recently that I saw, and I was just thinking to myself, it just you know when something takes you back to like just transports you in time. Yeah. That and the, hearing Jonathan Pierce on Robot Wars, yes, sends me back in time. Now like, I I know he was into football commentary prior to that, and like Robot Wars was almost selling out for him. Um, but he will always be Robot Wars before he's football to me. I find it bizarre with Robot Wars that um, Jeremy Clarkson was the presenter on the first series. Was he? Yep. And then it came to uh, Craig Charles. Now, Craig Charles and Jonathan Roberts, for me, like everybody, are the, the duo. But if you go back on the old U of Tube, you will find that uh, I believe it was Clarkson wow. that did the first series. Craig Charles, criminally underrated for his work on Takeshi's Castle. Yes. As well. What a show. Um, which. I follow like um, no context to Keshi's Castle on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. and it's such a funny account. Um, I've got, I mean, they've got to be somewhere in the annals of YouTube. To be fair, like those episodes, I might have to rewatch. But they were just so such easy watching television. I don't know whether I could probably watch Takeshi's Castle again properly now after just finishing Squid Game. I don't know if you've watched any of Squid Game. I haven't. Game. No, I, ha- I haven't. I'm, I, I need to because the world's going to pass me by soon. Um, it, it's one of those. It's one of those series that everyone keeps talking about, and usually I'm like, I can't be bothered, but I have watched it, and it is as good as people talk about. Now, I heard something interesting the other day that um, the dubbing and the subtitles, depending on what, which, which one you choose, tell completely different stories because they wanted they wanted the um, on screen the, the 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 duration of time that people talk to be the same as the dubbing or the same as the subtitles. So basically, completely reworded a lot of it. Um, and it tells a, a bit of a different story. Yeah, I've heard that. I, I've got. I've watched the version where it's just dubbed. You've got no subtitles, and it was fine mm. for me. I think it takes an episode to get used to the word, what you hear, and what you see them say a bit out of sync. But it, it mm-hmm. works. So I highly recommend. Still highly recommend it. Um, okay, so geeky, stupid things were either saying Lego things that are um, branded, as it were. Um, yeah, franchise Lego. Yeah, franchise get it or basically WWE title belt. Oh, I mean the the title belt would be brilliant. Would you, if you were the champ, yeah, would you uh, traditional proud wear it to the ring, strapped up, or are you on the shoulder and oh. you walk around with swagger? I think, hmm, I think I would say it's got to go on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or, but if you're going into a match, I can't believe I'm talking to this depth. Um, it's got to go around the waist, surely. Let's, Dang, let's d- not pretend. Let's not pretend that we haven't put a Spotify playlist on of your favourite wrestling songs <laughs> yeah. and walked around the house because we've all done it. And if you if you're saying that you haven't, you're a liar. So let's put it this way: if you're walking around the house day to day, it's on your shoulder. If you're getting ready for a big meeting, it's around the waist. 
I think that's, that's what we do. That's, that's what right. we do. Okay, so if you've got one, of course, at, at a daft question on Twitter or at daftquestion@gmail.com, tell us your your geeky stupid things that you want to buy but you just can't justify this bed. Now it's time for listener questions. Listener questions, as I've just mentioned, you can get in touch with the show with your own questions. Uh, and uh, because we haven't done this show for a while, people have forgotten we're around. So that means we don't get many listener questions. So it's just the one this week, uh, Matt, uh, which is from our good listener, Nag, as well. Now, I believe we may have answered this question previously on the show. But uh, just because Nag is the only one who sent a question in, I'm going to an- ask the question. Matt, which okay. is the w- which is worst for having your birthday on? Is it the 24th or the 26th of December? Out of those two days, having your birthday, mm. um, 24th okay. or 26th of December. Let's break this down. Let's break this down. No one's going to want to go out on your birthday on the 24th for fear of a hangover on the 25th. Yep. No one's want to gonna uh, the 26th though. You've got. I'm oh, sorry to take this back to football. You've got the the Boxing Day football. Everyone's full, and they've got to see the other side of the family on Boxing Day as well. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to say the 24th purely because I think the festivities the the festivities could begin with your birthday. I suppose. Yeah. And everyone can have a good time, and it's your birthday at the same time. I think when you're in Boxing Day, you run the very real risk of the um, cost of your present deteriorating massively <laughs> in the Boxing Day sale. Um, and therefore, the person that's bought at you is going to be annoyed that they could have paid uh, a considerable amount less for the present that they've um, they've purchased for you as well. Because that's all people are concentrating on, isn't it? It's the quality of the present, especially as a kid. It's like, hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, I think... I think it kind of depends on your age at the time. I think as a kid, although maybe initially you're excited because it's Christmas and you could potentially be getting double presents, as you get older, people might be like, it's more Christmas than your birthday. We don't really care about your birthday. And then when you get into more late teens, early 20s, you do have that thing of going out at Christmas Eve, going uptown, Mm. not really be bothered if you get up early the next day because you've got out of it and everyone's all happy and cheery. But then as you get older, it's more that now I want to be able to wake up on Christmas Day and not be hungover. Well, have you have you ever been out out on Christmas Eve? So woke up after like clubbing on a, on a Christmas Day? don't think I ever have, if I'm honest. I think I've always been a prefer, you know, the sanctity of Christmas morning. I think I've always mm. had that, not wanting to be um, feeling horrible that, that day. Well, I have, and it's not fun. Um, I've it's been like it's been a struggle to eat the dinner, and you're grouchy and you're dead thirsty, and like you know, no matter how much Asti you drink, it's, that's not <laughs> quenching the thirst at all. Um, and now I remember I um was because I work a lot of Christmases in in the in the sector that I work in, mm. and one of the years I wasn't working, so I went to the pub with um my wife's well my father in law, and um, their family. I mean, they don't drink for pleasure; they drink. They drink like it's it's a job. They yeah. drink, you know, like their life depends on it. And I and I don't. And at the time, I didn't really drink ale either, much less just pints. I'd be like more of a spirit guy or a cocktail, as they would call it. Yeah. Um. And I was trying to keep up with them. By the time I got back, about an hour and a half later, like five pints down, I kept having to go upstairs and wet in my face just to like stay <laughs> awake. And I was like hammered at the at the dinner table, and it's not fun. So actually, in reality, maybe Boxing Day is better because you can 
you know, you're not risk of ruining Christmas Day with a, with a hangover and or still being drunk. Okay, so we're saying I think we're saying basically depending on your age, isn't it? Christmas I think so. Eve yeah, I think Christmas that's fair. Or Boxing Day. Um, okay, and that is a listener question this week. Obviously, get in touch at a daft question on Twitter or uh, a daft question at gmail.com if you've got your own. Right, let's go on to uh, the next question. Right, next question time. It is Matt's question. Matt, you're bringing a question to the table, your own daft question. Matthew, what have you got this week? Well, this is inspired by my favourite um, sitcom of all time, Peep Show. Now, in the episode I'm referring to, our uh, lovable hero, Mark, has essentially been honey-trapped into giving away his sperm. Um, he has he has, he has has sex with um, Sophie, and uh, he doesn't realise the condom's broken, and she takes full advantage and, and leans back and lifts up her legs, and, he, and she, won't, she won't stop. Basically, the quote is... <laughs> She's taken my sperm, and sperm is like lending someone less than a fiver. You can't really ask for it back. So my question to you is, what is the maximum amount of money um, you can lend someone without having to ask for it back? Oh, right. Okay. So I put a gauge of up to a maximum of £20, I would say. £20? I think it depends on the context as well. Like, for example, I think, like, for example, a fiver. I think you can give someone a fiver and you could probably easily figure about it, depending on what your financial situation is. Mm. Uh, and even up to a tenner. Because I think sometimes if you I always think if you buy a round of drinks and someone else doesn't, sometimes you, you you're not that bothered if someone doesn't mm. do it. Sometimes you are. That's where I kind of put it up to maybe the maybe twenty's too much in reflection now. But maybe up to the fifteen barrier. But I think it does wholly depend on what that money is that your lending is for. Like if you bought a ticket for someone to come with yes. you to a gig or something, depending on the cost of that, you may ask for it back. But then if it's not that much, you might be like, ah no, it's all right, it's on me. But if it's like thirty quid to get for something, you might be like, Yeah, with my thirty quid as well, I do need that back. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring food into the equation there because you'll buy a round. Of, oh, I suppose it depends how frugal and or petty you are. I suppose yeah. <laughs> because you know, like I'm, I'm very conscious when when I'm out drinking, especially if I've got past a kind of a three four pint limit. I want to just drink Jack Daniels um, because it's easy. I enjoy it, but I'm fully aware that a double Jack Daniels and Coke can will tend to cost considerably more than yeah. a pint. Um, so I will be like, you know, if it's my round. I'll buy, I'll have a Jack Daniels and Coke. But if somebody else is round, I'll have a pint because I don't want to be, feel indebted to that person. Yeah. I feel very aware that my round's costing more. But, you know, when it comes to food and, and that, I suppose, I think you can get away with more or, or you can get away with lending somebody, lending as in buying someone something without yeah. it really having an effect. But, you know, I think sub-tenor, I think for me is, is the absolute limit before I think, remember, uh, I let you a tenor. Can I have that tenor back? I don't know. Even that feels cheat. Even that, I feel. I feel cheated about. You know, <laughs> I guess it depends what it's for. Like you I, mean, I think. I think it's the context of what you're giving that. For. Like if you all go, if it's like if you're going up town in someone's birthday, yeah, and you buy them a, a, a few drinks and it costs you a ten, fifteen pound. It depends if you're gonna. You're not gonna say to that person, "Remember, I bought you those drinks. That's not for your birthday. Can I have that money back now, mm-hmm. please?" Um, 
Now, it's interesting because the more, I think, the more a friend you are with somebody, the more likelihood you are to ask for the money back. But if it's someone like an acquaintance or someone that you don't know that well, I think society dictates that you you don't ask them. Like, you know, you're less comfortable in making them feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so if you're more likely to be, if you're more friends with someone or you've known them longer, I think you're more comfortable in asking for it back. Well, for example... I like as lockdown was going on and restrictions kind of eased. One of my friends came around to watch football. We had an Indian mixed grill um, that he paid for, and then like an, a year later, it was brought up that I still owed him this Indian mixed grill, and I had to fulfil, <laughs> f- pay the debt, and that was about thirteen, fourteen pounds PP. So I guess, I guess maybe the answer is maybe ten pounds or less, cold hard sterling. But that it's it's raised up if it's food or food or beverages. But still, from a year ago, the fact you're remembering that is Listen. something else. How another kind of a similar question? How do you, when let's say you've lent money to somebody or you've paid for something like you let's say you go to a gig for example and you've said oh, I'll get the mm-hmm. ticket you you pay me back so you've spent the money. How do you prefer to have that money back? Do you prefer for it to be transferred? to you or do you prefer the cash now this answer changed literally would have been in the last couple of weeks because before that with covid and everything else and the world is moving on from from physical cash it would just be give me a bank transfer Mm. straight away but since i've been going back to pubs and i see the bright shiny lights of a slot machine and or (laughs) and or jukebox you i think you need to have a small amount a small amount of walking around money um, so I think, I, I think, I think it depends on the amount. If it's like a hundred pounds, I want it in my bank. If it's, yeah. if it's seven pounds, I want it in cash. Yeah. Cause I, I, I'm always bank transfer every single time. Don't give me the cash mm-hmm. because then I'll just spend it on something else when it needs to go back in the bank. Like for like the example you gave about the hundred pounds, if I get that back in cash, I'm like, oh, now I've got to go to a bank to put this yeah, in. you do. And oh, when am I going to have the time to do that? Or now I'm going to drive into town, which I never do now, to go just to go put it in the bank. That's the worst thing. Like, it's like so, I arranged like five aside for me and my friends. And the first couple of weeks before I made it painfully clear I wanted it bank transferred, I'd just have four pounds here, four pounds here in cash, and end up walking around like the, the Royal Mint because I've just got so much like coins in like jangling around in my pocket. Um, so I think, you know, and you know, we are gearing. So for example, this was unbelievable. I was in, um, I was in Wolverhampton city center the other day, going to get a greasy, horrible pizza at the end of the night. And you could pay with a card in a pizza shop. I mean, this it's is so the 21st good. century. This is forget molecular holograms. Now you can pay for pizza in the, uh, you know, you pay for pizza with a card now. Unbelievable. I remember like we talked about, you talked about before about going uptown and like, you um what you would buy in a round of drinks. I remember um you know, you couldn't really use your card when you went uptown. It used to be cash. So you'd always go to the cash when you get your cash out. And I used to have to be careful because uh for when I where I used to live from town to get a taxi back, which used to be usually on my own because I was the only one who lived in um this neck this certain neck of the woods, it used to cost me about fifteen quid to get back. Mm-hmm. So you take your money out, I always have to always remember oh, I've got to. I've got to keep this fifty quid aside because I've got to make sure I have it for the taxi. But now you just go on your app, 
book your taxi well, and you're off. It's it's monopoly money now, isn't it? Like paying everything on card. And I think that's the mm. great danger, really. There's no accountability for what you're spending. Like, oh, uh, three Jaeger bombs for a fiver. Oh, I'll have uh, I'll have uh, twelve then. No, no worries. <laughs> Because like it's just pay, it's there's no physical transaction happening like you're not physically seeing that money deteriorate from your wallet it it becomes it becomes dangerous so maybe maybe with this podcast's help we can we can bring us back to a <laughs> physical cash society. <laughs> okay, so we're saying then uh, most amount of money you can't ask back for if you lend it to someone. Mm-hmm. Depending on the situation, a tenner max, are we saying? A, te- a tenner absolute max, yeah. Um, anything after that and um, you're taking the mickey. Okay, uh, right. Let's go on to uh, the next question. Matthew, bowling, one of the great pastimes where you turn up, you wear some clown shoes, you pick up a very heavy ball and you throw it down in a slippy path to try and hit some random pins. Uh, but my question to you, Matt, is, is bowling the worst sport or hobby, I don't know what you would call it, to play with friends? It's tough. And it's tough for a few reasons. One, you've always got someone that takes it super seriously, that turns up with their own ball, gloves, their own shoes, the absolute freaks. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and you know they're gonna be better than everybody else. And that person then leads into point number two where they want the bumpers down, you want the bumpers up. Yeah. And you get into this quandary of, okay, so when it's their turn, the bumpers will automatically go down. But you know, if you get a better score than them, even though you've zigged and zagged it across the lane. You never. It's it's a it's a it's a hollow victory. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it, bowling. It's one of those things because you know it can take absolutely ages if there's four of you, but if there's two of you, it can go super quick. You've spent oh, a yeah. load of money, and then all you've got to do then go on the arcades, which I probably prefer. So I'm not very good at bowling. <laughs> it's one of those ones like through there are loads of you in one lane. You can mm. be waiting ages for your turn, which is then just like last a minute. It is a very, yeah, um, it, it's not a participant-heavy sport, is it really? Mm. You roll your ball. If, and the thing is, the better you are, the quicker it goes. So that's no good. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you, can, you can get away with bowling the perfect game, and I think you only bowl 12 times. <laughs> so what good's that? I find, I find bowling is one of those things where you always have to put an act on constantly because you don't want mm. to be either um like you say the competitive person who looks like a dick if they're competitive but you also mm. don't want to be the one who gets annoyed quite easily if you're not doing well and therefore you look like a dick because it's just there for fun so it's one of those things where you go up to bowl you can't react happy or annoyed when you've done your bowl yeah um and when and i always find bowling this is a weird thing where when you bowl, you have to turn around and walk back to the people. Yes, it's it's almost like being on a reverse version of the voice, <laughs> yeah. except except you're the spinning chair, not the not, not the judge. But if you bowl a really good bowl, bowl like a bowl a really good bowl, if you bowl a really good throw, mm-hmm. you can't then be over cocky because you look like a dick. If you do really bad, you can't look annoyed because everyone's like. Mm. Come on. So how do you... You have to react. No reaction every single time. I'll tell you what I'll tell you what you do. This is a little tip here for everybody. 
you pretend you've got some kind of wrist injury. That's the only acceptable. You do you do the you do that with your hand. You, you, you open it. You open it backwards or forwards. You turn it. You twist it like that. And just go. Oh, got a little tweak. Because no one's, you know what I mean. No one's gonna. No one can strong arm you for for saying you've got an injury. It's all. It's all a bit of fun. It's meant to be. It's not. Um, but yeah, you, you turn around. And you go. Ooh, ooh, that that, that one hurt. And, and, you if, go, you, and if if you're the people waiting for your turn and you're watching that person mm-hmm. bowl, when they turn around again, your reaction has to be either, oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, that was all right. As in, you you react. You can't be your genuine genuine reaction. You've got to, that, that was shit. Yeah. Or... You've got to, you've got to be very Switzerland about it, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. um, I think there is a contender though for a worse sport. I say sport in, in okay. and that is um, crazy golf. Okay, yeah, um, I'm I'm hearing you on this. You get and I and I know this firsthand because I am the competitive one with crazy golf. I love crazy golf, um, but you get the people that take it way too seriously, um, and those people. I would say even more so than 10-pin bowling, get annoyed with other people for being less competent than they are. So you're kind of wanting to get along with it, and then you're waiting for Albert, the Albatross, back at the other... And that's the other way around. That's if you scored really well. Uh, Brian the bogey to like hurry up and like finish their go. Um, And yeah, it, it... it gets super competitive as well because you're constantly checking, you know, you've got a physical score in front of you that you've got to mark and there could be accusations of cheating. Um, I th- it's a tough one. And, it, you know, you, with the rise in things like ghetto golf as well, there's now alcohol involved. Yeah, it's yeah. always like, you know, makes makes matters worse. So I think, I think crazy golf's up there. I think you either have, when you play crazy golf, either you just want to do it for fun or you do want to kind of take it seriously. And you always have maybe that one person who will, take all the scores and take mm-hmm. it seriously when the rest of you just want to do it for fun and you're like and then when you are lackadaisical you don't really care then you really annoy the person who's 100 really taking it seriously 100 percent. i mean i'm the kind of person if i if the par is three and i score and i put it in two i'm calling it a birdie i like <laughs> We're playing the sport of golf. It doesn't matter if there's a, a massive dildo in the floor, like it gets a golf. <laughs> yeah. We're still we're still playing golf, so you know what I mean. It's it's still a birdie to me. Um, and one just quickly go back to bowling. This is one point I just wanted to to, to deal on that one was when you bowl. I think there's two things that can happen. Um, if you when when you bowl the ball, if you don't do very well, you either do the you bowl the ball straight away, turn back round, don't watch and walk away. <laughs> yeah, or you do the bowl but when you bowl you also walk backwards and watch the ball as it goes in oh. but you don't look at anyone behind you you see what happens before you then react there's a, there's a third one here where this is if you're super confident you bowl but then the right leg goes behind the left leg <gasps> yes uh, like some kind like Torval and Dean yes and um and you wait almost like you're doing um some kind of warrior pose in yoga um, just like waiting in anticipation for like your um, the pins to fall. So um, I am definitely a slow backwards walker. Always difficult, always difficult because there's a, there's a drop, generally speaking, between the bowling surface and yeah. then the uh, the chairs is usually a bit of a drop. So if you go too far backwards, you're going to end up falling over. So the, the foot behind the other foot. 
um, mm. pose. I remember as a kid seeing this on uh, Strikers. They used to have like a picture of like a silhouette yes. of a person doing that. So I always remember that. So anytime me and my wife we would go bowling, like, to really annoy her, I would always bowl like that. I always do the sweep. <laughs> and a few weeks ago, I, me and my wife took my uh, girls to bowling. And every time I bowled, I was like, right, I'm going to do the leg sweep. And every single yeah. time, did the leg sweep and Mrs. E was not happy. And I was like, I'm doing, I'm doing what the professionals do. They you know, there's, the only one way, there's only one way you'd have looked cooler. You know what that is? What? With a WWE title belt. Oh, would have been so good. Backwards as well, so they can see. <laughs> like you've got the you've got you've got the clips at the front, but they could see the, the title on the back. <laughs> and when I've bowled, I haven't moved position, so I'm still in my frame, as it were. And when I've got a strike, yeah. I just uncouple it and just hold it aloft. I hold it up in the air. Yeah. Like the yeah. Ball. <laughs> oh man, that looks so good. You definitely wouldn't look like a virgin doing that. <laughs> so we're saying uh, bowling and perhaps crazy golf on a par as well with the worst sport to play with friends. I like what you did there, but yes, yeah. yes it is. <laughs> okay, that's that question done. I think uh, we've got enough time for surprise question. It's time for surprise question. This is the part of the podcast where I will throw to my guest a completely surprise question. They don't know this question has been coming. It's completely off the cuff. I say it's off the cuff. I've got it on my list of questions. Uh, but Matthew <laughs> does not know this is coming. Uh, Matthew, are you ready for surprise question? I'm nervous. Knees weak. Arms are something about mom's spaghetti. Um, I'm, here we go. Uh, Matt, my surprise question to you is this. Why don't they call elbows arm knees? Oh, um, are elbows knobbly? Let's put, hold on, hold on, one let's, let's have a test um, for the for the non-visual people here. Matt, Matt's just checking his elbow. I mean, I, I wouldn't say my. Well, I don't. I don't think my knees are particularly knobbly, though. Um, arm, el, uh, arm, knees. Um, I I don't have a reasonable answer for you. To Would be honest, you, yeah, because if you call if you, if you don't call your elbows your arm knees, why wouldn't you call your knees your leg elbows? It's got a joint, uh, and you know if you if you hit your knee and you hit your elbow, you get in a similar sharp pain as well. So they're very similar in that respect. You can imagine um, that? Oh, my leg elbow! Oh, my leg elbow! Um, the only thing I can think. Oh no, they're in the same shape as well. I was thinking to myself, mm. the one one will protrude in one angle. Does the other protrude in the opposite angle? So they can't be considered the same. But no, they don't. I know they. Oh, I suppose you could just turn your arm, so that makes no yeah. sense. Um, I don't have the answers for you, to be honest. It's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a tough one. I suppose in the same way as, like, why aren't they called your hand toes instead of your fingers or anything like that? Do you know what I mean? Now, have you ever seen someone that's got proper finger toes? They're absolutely horrific. <laughs> like, proper, long, E.T. finger toes. I'm not like a, I'm not a, not a precious guy. And I don't like to body shame, but I've seen some right hunkers um, <laughs> in my time, and they freak me out. I've got um, on my feet. This is where you go. Oh no, you're one of them. Um, my um, so not my big toe. The the toe next to it is slightly, ever so slightly, teeny longer than the big toe. Unbelievable. <laughs> is this is this true? This is actually. I'm not going to show you because it's. But this is true. It's it's ever ever so slightly longer, and people are going to say I've got webbed feet soon, aren't they? 
Did you know, and I've never heard this, but apparently the big toe medically is called the great toe. Ooh. And I'd never heard that, but I heard it on the radio the other day and I was like, nah, never. It's the big toe. But yeah, if you were to go to a chiropodist and you go, oh, I've got a pain in, in my big toe, they're not going to go, your what toe? What on earth are you talking about? But between this, when they close the shop for the day and they're mm. talking amongst themselves about, you know, what they're going to watch tonight, who's going to go out on um, British Bake Off, if they were going to talk about someone's big toe, they'd call it a great toe. Well, we learn something new every day. On all every episode on this podcast, it's the in, inner workings of that profession. They called it the Great Toe. Like it's like some kind of um, constellation in the sky. <laughs> oh, there's oh, there's the Great Toe. It must Saturn must be visible. <laughs> uh, well, that's the prize question done, and that is the podcast this week done in general. Uh, Matt, thanks to you once again uh, for coming on this episode. You are, of course, part of um, the Cage Fighting Podcast. For those who aren't aware of the podcast, can you give um, a bit of blurb and a bit of promo for your show? Yeah, thank you. Um, so Cage Fighting Podcast, uh, it's um, some equally um, West Midlands-y accented bald men talking about Nicolas Cage films and reviewing his complete um, catalogue to decide life's biggest question, um, and probably quite daft, is Nicolas Cage a good or bad actor? Um, but we also, on uh, alternative episodes, um, just answer the big questions in film and just generally um, have a laugh, talking film, talking TV, and, and all of the silliness in between. We do a lot of specials as well. So the next couple of episodes are Halloween, uh, Halloween Film Festival special, where we talk about our favourite slashes, paranormal films, uh, and that like, really. So if you're a fan of this, you'll probably, by osmosis, be a fan of us. And if... People are listening to this on the back of Cage Fighting. Welcome to A Daft Question. It's a really great podcast as well. So I think the two kind of go hand in hand really nicely. I very much am. I've really enjoyed my times on um, Cage Fighting and listened to it as well. So I highly recommend, if you're a fan of film especially, highly recommend uh, Cage Fighting for your next podcast choice. Uh, so for this week, uh, thank you very much, Matt, once again for being on the show. If you can get in touch with us at A Daft Question on Twitter or A Daft Question at gmail.com. But for this week, it's bye from Matt. Take it easy, guys. And it's bye from me. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.